and MLM Rebel is a new breed of network marketer, smarter, truly independent, and free. MLM Rebels wage war against the soul-sucking corporate world and against networkers who would rather preserve doctrine than helping people get results. MLM Rebels recognize when the world changes and changes with it. MLM Rebels don't believe in duplicating things that no longer work and would rather work without a safety net than within the confines of one. MLM Rebels are only involved in opportunities that give everyone an equal playing field instead of a top-heavy one. We don't care about the sacred cows of MLM, we don't care about the industry, and we do not care about the way it's always been done. We care about people following their gut. We care about people being able to quit their jobs now. We care about people being with their family instead of their boss every day. We care about people being with their family instead of their team all day. We care about people living free. We believe a truly free networker has multiple streams of income. We believe a truly free networker's creativity isn't shackled by their company's contract. We believe a truly free network marketer actually knows how to market and that they run their business like a real business. MLM Rebels prioritize faith, family, business, sacrifice sacred cows, build their own empires, never rebel against each other, and change the world. MLM Rebels know they are not confined by doctrine, not stifled by the past, and know they are one business away. My name is Zach Spear, and welcome to MLM Rebels. Hey everyone, Zach here. Hope you're having a great day. Today we're going to talk about compensation plans and picking them apart so that you can find out if, in fact, you are in a compensation plan that you want to be in or if there's something missing that you might need to go find in someone else's compensation plan. So this is going to be really, really fun. Um, Before we jump in, though, I want to reference the written version of this exact information. So this might be a lot to take in as far as like a lot of like juicy, meaty details. So if you want to see a written version, there's also a video attached to it. You can go to well, first of all, let me back up. You can go down to the show notes and click the link below. That would be a lot easier because we don't have a proper URL for this. So I'm going to give you the long one right now. If you can write this down, remember it. It's sponsoringphd.zacharyspear.com slash choose your company. That's where you can get this for free. All this written, all this information that we've gone over the past few days um, has been, is all in there written, and there's a video that goes along with it. So once again, you, I'll, I'll leave a link down for you in the show notes that you can uh, go ahead and, and look at. So today, we're going to basically just come right in where we left off yesterday, which is uh, talking about compensation plans. So if you listen to yesterday's episode, at the very end, I said a good kind of, uh, I guess, entry-level information start would be to go back all the way to like February or March in there and listen to an episode that we did about compensation plans. I broke down basically like the three or four main types of comp plans and then helped you, helped you learn about each one so that you could figure out what's good for you. So that was that. That's good baseline information. But today we're actually going to go in and dive into what you need to look for in any comp plan to make sure you're not getting essentially screwed. Um, and so it's not that many things. There's only five, five or six things that you need to look for, but you want to be really careful that you actually have these things because if you don't, um, you're going to have some problems. So essentially what I'm giving you right now is variables to test a compensation plan against, either your current comp plan or one that you're going to be joining. Fair? So the first thing, and you, you might want to get a pen out if you're, if, uh, if you're in a spot where you can write stuff down, the first thing that you want to look at is total payout. Okay, we're going to come back to each of these. First one is total payout. The second one is how it's paid or meaning paid as title. These are things that you want to watch out for. Third one is some type of protection. Fourth is getting paid less 
for more work. And the fifth one is caps of some kind or of any kind, really. So the first one is total payout. This is something that you want to uh, identify, meaning how much does your comp plan pay out in total? So what I mean by this is there's a percentage, no matter what company you're in, there is a percentage of revenue that the company takes in that they pay out to distributors, that whatever that number is. Now, if that number is 40% or higher, you're at, you're at least in a decently average comp plan. So if you're at a 40% payout or higher, you're in probably what's considered a good comp plan. If you're 45%, 50%, you're in a very good comp plan. Okay. If you're above 50%, like, <clears throat> like if you're like 50 or, you know, like 50 is really, really, really good. It's probably great. Right. Um, if you're like, I've never even heard of this, but actually I have, but they're out of business. If there's companies out there that are doing like 60 plus percent of their revenue and payout, you could be pretty careful of that because now maybe that's too much. And they're not keeping it for themselves to keep the operations going. So really what you're looking for is like between 40 and 50%. Anything above 40 is considered good. I would say you want to get somewhere on the 50 range to be really good. Okay, now here's the, here's the kicker. This is the hard part. The hard part is companies basically lie. <laughs> well, they don't actually lie about this. They can't lie. But they can do some marketing wizardry, some some slick little legal language to make it look better than it is. Here's what I mean. What a lot of companies will do, most companies will tell you that they pay X percent, you know, 50%, 6%, whatever, on the PV or on the CV or the QV, something V. They pay X percentage on something V. Here's what they're saying. They're paying X percentage on the volume. Okay, that is not dollars. We both know basic level understanding of network marketing is every company uses points for the most part. Dollars don't equal points one to one, right? It's usually like a two to one or three to one ratio or whatever. So if I pay quote unquote 50% on all of my volume, but my volume is at a four to one ratio, well, I actually only pay, you know, whatever that is, 15 or 20% on the dollar. This is how companies get away with really, really confusing stuff. So you're like, oh, I'm getting paid the best comp plan ever. This company pays more on volume than anyone else. That might be true, but what is their volume based off of? Does this make sense? So you have to do some really intense math. You kind of got to crunch these numbers down that's why I want you to go look at this document down below in the show notes to at least get a start on crunching those numbers. Now, you've got to be pretty smart to do it. I mean, I can't even crunch all these numbers down very quickly. Um, but you want to know that. Know that unless the company is telling you we pay X percentage on the dollar or on the actual currency, that they're probably talking about volume. And when you really crunch those numbers down, you're probably going to get to like a one half to two thirds scenario. So if they're telling you they pay 50%, they probably pay 25 to 30% on the dollar. Makes sense? So first one is total payout. What you'll potentially find in, in companies is that they're paying out a lot less than you actually thought. Again, now let's go back to episode number one about this, which is, you know, why is the company keeping so much when we're doing all of the marketing and all of the sales? 
Okay, next one is being paid as a title. This is something that you want to be really, really, really careful of. This is something that we would probably consider a tripwire, um, which if, uh, I didn't make that name up. I don't really know who made the name up for tripwire in a comp plan, but a tripwire is something that you should be earning a certain amount of money, but since you didn't hit this special little thing, you're not going to actually make the bonus. You're not going to make the money that you thought because you tripped over a wire in the comp plan. That's usually what these paid as titles are. So for instance, I'm actually going to read you, read you something from the document right now that you can go download uh, for free. I'm going to read you something right now um, from a company that I have a screenshot for, for it in here. And in this particular screenshot, it says, for instance, in the picture below, in order to make it to a two-star marketing director, you have to have quote unquote, two paid as NMDs, which is national marketing directors in separate legs in the placement tree. Well, what does that mean? It means that you need to make sure that your two people who could be NMDs qualify. And to do that, each of those NMDs needs three separate quote unquote director levels and 150,000 of monthly volume. So that means you need to make sure that a minimum of six people are hitting their proper ranks and monthly volume to get it paid to get paid at the level that you are generating volume at. Did you catch all that? So that means for you to be in this particular structure, a, na- uh, a two-star national marketing director, which is one step from the very highest piece of the plan, you need to have six different people in six different spots of your organization all qualifying at their respective levels. They have to qualify their respective levels that month in order for you to get your bonus that you should be getting if you were just paid on volume. So that means that you need to be like, instead of focusing on more sales, more volume, you're probably focusing on getting this guy over here, these six people, just to hit a rank. That rank might not have anything to do with more volume. It just might have to do with getting one of their people qualified for something. Getting paid as title is a huge load of crap in a lot of ways because you could have, you could have 800,000 more volume than you actually need to get paid as a two-star marketing director in this particular plan. You could have way more volume than you actually need, but yet you would still miss out on your pay for that level because you have you know one of those six people that I just mentioned is not hitting their rank that they're supposed to hit. What? I thought I was paid on my effort, right? Not on this other guy's. So this is a huge, huge thing you got to be careful of when you're looking at different companies is getting paid as a title rather than volume, okay? You want your, you want your titles in your company to be equal to volume, all right? Not, not to how many people you've got in your team at certain ranks. All right, next one is protection, meaning is your comp plan protected in some way? Now, what I mean by that is, is there any sort of patent or a patent pending or anything like that on the comp plan, on the, on the structure that you're a part of? If there's not, that means that anyone can rip off your company's comp plan and there's nothing they can do about it. Now, most comp plans aren't protected in this way. That's why you see a lot of Me Too comp plans and the only thing that they can do to differentiate themselves is get a one trick pony product or... Um, you know, do something slick with the comp plan, like quote unquote, pay more on volume, like we just talked about. So you want to make sure your company is protected in this way, because if it's not, they're going to do funky things to try to make it better, even though it might not actually be better because, you know, math is math. It can only work out so well, right? Like these companies still have to make money. So if it's not protected, they're going to do funny, slick things in order to make it better. And you want to be careful of that. All right. Next one is getting paid less for more work. 
All right, so what I'm referring to here, actually my first plan I was a part of had a situation like this. Um, had something called a breakaway. So if you've ever heard of a breakaway in your comp plan, if you've ever heard of the term override, if you've ever heard the term differential, these are all code names for getting paid less for more work. Um, I can't get into like the super intricacies of this because we're like talking, this is all audio. That's why I want you to go to this document and look at it. But here's basically what a what this type of a plan that has any of these things associated with it, so override, differential, or breakaway, if you're, if you're in a plan that has these things associated, what this means is that you and your team, if your team is too close to you in terms of volume, you haven't created what's called a differential. So let's say, you know, let's say I'm on your team. Let's say I built a really big team and let's say you built a sort of a sort of a small team. You got some people outside of me, but like mostly I'm the biggest part of your team. If I make up the majority of your volume, that's a very small differential between you and me. And since there's a very small differential between you and me, you're going to make basically nothing off of me. That's a differential. So in order to make a lot of money off my team, you have to have a ton of volume outside of me. Now, every network marketing company needs to have this. You need to have you need to have a bigger team than just one person. But in a differential situation, it can get you know pretty damaging. So what this can a lot of times cause is competition where there doesn't need to be competition, right? Instead of having three legs where you're drilling them down really deep or four legs where you're drilling them down really deep, you have to have 12 or 15 or 20. And all of them have to compete against each other. And you're constantly trying to stay ahead of your own downline. And you want them to win, but also like if they catch you, you don't make as much money. So like, do you really want them to catch you? So that's what happens in a differential. And a breakaway system, what it basically means is once you have a leg that gets big enough, so let's say your base commissions is 15% off of your team, okay? So of all of your pay lines, you're making 15% off of each of them. What a breakaway means is once that team gets enough volume through it, it breaks off from you and it becomes its own separate organization. You no longer make 15% of them now you make a breakaway commission, which generally is between four and six percent. So any of the volume that they generate, you make four to six percent off of that volume, which is not bad. It's better than zero. At least, it's, at least it's not a cap, right? It's better than a cap. But four to four, like what's bigger, four percent or fifteen percent? Fifteen percent clearly. Why is it not fifteen percent? Because there's a breakaway. Breakaways a lot of times. They seem like they're a good thing, but in fact, they're usually a bad thing. A lot of times when legs break away, the person that had the leg break away is making less than before it happened. So breakaways can be very, very bad because you're making less money and now you have to grow that team bigger to make what you would have made if you just made your original commission. Does that make sense? So just be really careful of these breakaways. Do the math on this stuff. Um, last thing I'm going to go over is caps of really any kind. Okay. So there's examples in the actual document that is linked down below. Um, so you can go ahead and look at those examples, but what you want to be careful of is caps of any kind, like, Oh, this plan pays this much up until here. Or, um, I think the one in the document, let me pull it up. It says, it says the maximum payout in the blah, blah, blah comp plan is capped at 60% 60% of total company-wide CV. <laughs> so once the company hits total company-wide 60% CV, the thing caps out. doesn't matter where you're at, whether you're at the beginning or you're, you're, you know, you're a big earner. 
uh, the thing caps and you're done. So if you just produce a ton of volume, but the company hit the cap, the capped out, done. Um, you want to be really, really careful of that stuff. If there's a cap on on a particular leg, you can only drive the thing eight layers deep. I was, I, my friend sent me a comp plan today. He said, or he sent me a company today. He said, hey, can you uh, check this out really quick? The comp plan over, only pays eight layers deep. I was checking in another comp plan not too long ago um, for a really big company. Some person was super passionate about it. And... Um, and I was looking at it, and I was like, this thing only pays eight layers deep. And she's like, well, yeah, there's this whole dynamic compression you know, thing going on and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but it still only pays eight layers deep. Like, Regardless of the dynamic compression, it still caps out at eight layers deep, period, case closed. That's done. So everything below eight layers, you're screwed on. You're not getting paid a dollar on it. And that's just really, really, really crappy because here's the thing. If you want a team that grows without you, you've got to build a big team. And like if you build, let's say, a huge team and it's 75 layers deep and you only get paid on the first eight layers, are you going to pretty much always get paid? Probably. Because even if you get people in those eight layers that are quitting, you have the dynamic compression thing, everyone pops up a slot, you're getting paid on those eight layers still, right? So as long as not all 75 layers quit, you're going to probably get paid on that. But why do you only get paid on eight layers when you should be getting paid on 75 layers? Does that make sense? So if you've got a cap in your comp plan... That's a problem. Anyway, go to the document. There's a link in the show notes down below. Again, it's sponsoringphd.zacharyspear.com slash choose your company. And that's basically it for this um, kind of like series of, of a few episodes. The, the number one thing that I want to get across to you, I said it in the first episode, I said it yesterday, I want to say it again today, is I want you to just be surgical with this. I know this can be painful, especially if you're in a company right now that you care about. You, have a, you, ha- you might have a team that you're loyal to, and I respect that, and I love that. But the f- best time to rip a Band-Aid, f- Band-Aid off is now. No matter how big your team is, it's, the best time is right now. And um, just do the work. Just do the work to really make sure you're in the right thing. I hope you don't have to switch companies. I really do because I know it's a painful process. I did it one time in my career, and I hope to never do it again. Truly, I I literally hope to never switch companies again. Um, It's a very painful process. I get it. I 100% get it. But if you get to a point, well, first of all, you have to be willing to go to a place that most people aren't willing to go. Treat the business like a business. Don't treat it like a hobby. Don't listen to what the marketing people at corporate say. Don't listen to what anyone says. Don't even listen to what I say. Research what I'm telling you, right? I could be wrong. I could have said something wrong. So don't believe directly what I'm saying. I want you to. Re- my, what I'm trying to get you to do is research. Treat this as if this was you're 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 getting a million dollar a year job. You're getting hired on as a CEO. They're going to pay you a million dollars a year, and and they're going to pay you off of the uh, production that you bring to the company. Would you dive in to that? Would you compare your options if you got four different offers, four different companies were willing to pay you upwards of seven figures to be the CEO? Would you compare your options? Would you compare the product? Would you compare the service? Would you compare your compensation plan, your package, your benefits? Would you compare these things? Of course you would. You go with a fine-tooth comb. So why don't you do it for your real future? Right? So what I'm encouraging you to do is not to believe what I'm telling you, but research what I'm telling you. Go research your company. Do the hard work. Get in there. Get greedy. Get gritty. It doesn't even have to take that long. It could literally take – you could find out if you're in the right company within probably a series of days. Then if you ever come to the point where you need to change your company, 
you could probably find out what company you need to be in within a few months. So this doesn't have to be that long of a process. Then afterwards, you can put your head down, you can start getting to work, and you can be confident in the fact that you're in the right place. So anyway, hopefully this helps. Um, I know this is sometimes a exciting topic for some, a not exciting topic for others, but I, uh, I, I definitely respect you for going through this information because it is difficult to go through. Um, so anyway, uh, good luck going through it. Um, obviously, uh, we are here for you. So, um, you know, uh, looking forward to hearing your different stories as you go through this and things like that. Last thing I want to leave you with is I want to encourage you to join the private discussion group at MLMSalesFunnels.com. It's where we talk about using automated and leveraged recruiting systems to build your business. Once you find out you're in the right company, you want to build your business in an intelligent way. You need two things to grow a business. One, you need a desired company. and Two, you need a leveraged way to market that company. Right now, we've been talking about picking a company. But what you need also, and actually I would say more importantly, is a leveraged way to market it. You can't be doing the whole friends and family thing only. You can't only be doing cold market approaches and expect your team to actually grow with people that are that are good at business, right? You need to have a really good business strategy. And that's what we talk about inside the MLM Sales Funnels group. And um, that's what we talk about in the blueprint. So if you're not familiar with the blueprint, it's called the MLM Rebels Blueprint. You can find it at mlmrebelsblueprint.com. It's a 40-page document detailing you detailing out for you how you can build a leveraged recruiting system for yourself. So to give you like a I'll give you a really just one on top of my head low-level case study. We had a guy go through it within five days of going through it. He d- developed 160 cold market applicants. Didn't post a single time on social media. Didn't call a single family or friend. 160 applicants. He spent less than 100 dollars to do it. And uh, I think, yeah, I think that's a stat. Anyway, that's what he learned from the MLM Rebels Blueprint and for, for, from, for applying the things that he learned there. So that's uh, something that you should also go through as well. Well, anyway, it was amazing spending time with all of you today and um, appreciate you listening. And we'll talk to you all soon and see you in the next episode. Thanks. Thank <laughs> you.